0: The Gospel of Matthew is a Gospel of fulfillment. In the author's understanding, Jesus is the fulfillment of a legacy, a promise handed down through generations and through scripture. He is here to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, to carry out God's plans. This legacy is the inheritance of a word, Messiah, meaning anointed one, savior of the world. His purpose is to make right what the world has made wrong, and it begins at the waters of the Jordan. And as Jesus is baptized, he begins his ministry. But what happened before that fateful day when Jesus journeyed to the Jordan? And as he rises from the waters, what comes next? A reading from Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. A little over two years ago, I preached my very first sermon from this pulpit. It was for a sermon series on Ecclesiastes, where Pastors Seth and Kendra gave me an easy one, the most famous passage uh, from that book, For everything, there is a season and a time and purpose under heaven. It was here that I began my ministry, my first practical steps towards becoming a pastor. And since then, I've had so many ministry opportunities, from junior high confirmation retreats to teaching confirmation to amazing conversations with our youth. And It's just been such a blessing to return for a few months to continue my pastoral formation here. But my story more properly begins over 20 years ago. At around four months old, I was baptized on the 4th of July in 1993, I have a picture at home of my godmother holding me beside a marble baptismal font. She's dressed in a very outdated blue and green dress, complete with very thick shoulder pads. Uh, (laughs) And I am currently squirming, and I'm clearly squirming in her arms, decked out in my white baptismal gown. It couldn't be a farther cry from the scene we read of today. Two grown men, waist deep in the waters of the Jordan, debating if Jesus should be baptized. Um, as Kendra said, we kind of skip from infancy to full grown adulthood. We don't really have much of Jesus' life before his baptism. The last glimpse we get of him in the Gospel of Matthew is as an infant or toddler returning to Nazareth after their flight to Egypt. What was Jesus' life like before this moment? Now, there are some wild speculations in early Christian literature about this. Uh, You can talk to me more about it after, but for the most part, we can assume that Jesus lived a typical Jewish life. He would have been trained in his father's trade, would have journeyed to Jerusalem for the three obligatory pilgrimages of his faith, and that's about all we can safely guess. In an odd back and forth between John and Jesus, John tries to prevent Jesus from being baptized. Now, there's nothing like this in any other gospel. There's no resistance by John the Baptist like there is here. And I wonder why. Does John try to stop Jesus solely because he is the one who should be baptized? Or does he know what a life of ministry is like? How heavy a burden it can weigh on one's being? Or does he fear for Jesus' safety, knowing full well what the Romans do to a figurehead of liberation? I think John is concerned for Jesus, for what will come next after his baptism. I mean, Though we have the story so helpfully written out in the next 25 chapters of Matthew, Jesus did not have a copy of the Bible with him, and his journey was an unpredictable and unknown one. His purpose was to fulfill the legacy God gave him, the call to take away the sins of the world, to fulfill all righteousness. That's no easy task, but our Lord gladly comes to the Jordan. Let it be so now, he urges John. The time has come for God's legacy to be fulfilled. And so, Jesus begins his ministry. Not knowing what comes next, Jesus rises from the waters to heal love, serve, and teach his community. And his three years in ministry have plenty of highlights. He preaches to crowds of people longing for the good news. He heals a multitude of sick. He feasts with friends and outcasts. He rests and prays in solitude. But as we all know... It's not all good times. He is repeatedly questioned by religious and secular authorities. He witnesses the death of loved ones and the deep pain of the world. He flips some tables and he himself is killed. But he fulfills his legacy and we are called to fulfill our legacy. In the waters that washed over us, God gave us a calling, a vocation to live into. Now we aren't called to be the Messiah, thank God for that, but the waters of the Spirit call us to participate in God's work in the world. Now I had to get one last Martin Luther quote in for y'all, and Martin Luther wrote, that all our work in the, in the field, in the garden, in the city, in the home, in struggle, in government. To what does it all amount before God except child's play? By means of which God is pleased to give God's gifts in the field, at home, and everywhere. When we live into our baptismal vocations, we live into God's work in the world by our actions at home, in in our jobs, in our relationships, we bring out God's gifts through our hands. We live into the legacy God gave us. Now our callings will have high points and low points, just as Jesus's did. I've had high points and low points since starting ministry. And I'm sure all of you along your baptismal journey have felt the same. But as my first sermon passage reminds me, for everything there is a season and a time and purpose under heaven. And that includes us, though we often don't know what our purpose is or what will come next in our lives. Discovering our vocations is a lifelong practice, taking deliberate contemplation over years and a willingness to be open to the unknown, to whatever may come next. Jesus knew his purpose, but I don't think he knew what would come next in his life, the many twists and turns of his years in ministry. But as he felt the waters rush over him, he trusted in the Spirit to go out and fulfill his calling regardless. He fulfilled his baptismal vocation and made resurrection reality. Now, as for me, I usually think of my baptismal legacy more along the lines of John the Baptist. As a future pastor, I don't think it's my job to be like Christ. I mean, honestly, it's a pretty impossible standard to hold oneself to, but I resonate a lot with John the Baptist. I think I'm a little weird like him. Um, I don't eat locusts dipped in honey, though I did once go on Amazon to look for a hair shirt to see if they uh, have them on stock. and. When I did that six months ago, they do, so if you ever want to be John the Baptist for Halloween, you know where to go. (laughs) Um, But I do think John the Baptist, like um, myself, I think that I'm called to bear witness to the light of Christ, to point to him, and guide others in their relationship with the triune God. We are each given a legacy to fulfill in the waters of baptism. A way to glorify God and serve others in community. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, a school teacher, a banker, a homemaker, through your lives, you can glorify God. And I trust that you will. So, what comes next? For me, as I leave First Congregational, Honestly, it's very unclear right now. In February, I will be interviewing with full-time internship sites, and that'll start in June, but I have no idea where I'll end up. But I trust that the Spirit is guiding me, just as she's been guiding me ever since that 4th of July in 1993, just as the Spirit guided me here first as a seminary intern and later as interim youth director. The Holy Spirit's brought me thus far along the road, and I'm not afraid for what comes next. And of course, I don't know what the future of this church will be, though I suspect you will continue your many ministries and create new ones to serve this community And through your worship and music and fellowship, you will continue to glorify God. You've had over a hundred years together, and there's no telling what bright opportunities lie ahead. You each have a legacy to fulfill, a baptism to live into, the love of Christ to share with Glen Ellen and the world. I do not know what comes next for us, but one thing is clear. Just as the Spirit rested on Jesus as he rose up from the waters, so too does the Holy Spirit guide this church. So too does the dove settle on First Congregational, leading us forward into whatever comes next. Amen.